Welcome to Boss Babies and Bottles, also known as B3, hosted by me, Jessica with a Y, where we talk about how to successfully run a business and capitalize on your strengths while joining motherhood, in my case, twin motherhood, and throwing some crazy shebangs along the way. So pop that bubbly or grab that glass of wine and get ready to unwind. So today I'm talking about how I met my husband and how that all kind of came about. (laughs) And for that, I feel like I need to rewind X amount of years, but I won't really say how many that X is, because if I tell you that number, then it gives away my age. And uh, so we're not going to do that. Uh, But I am going to take it back to the age of 25 years old. (laughs) Looking back, uh, my 25th year of life was my quarter-life crisis, you know, and it hit me at exactly the age of 25, and I have talked to multiple people where it's hit them anywhere from 24 to 26. I heard somebody the other day at 27, so (laughs) it'll hit somewhere around there. So if if you're in that age range, Just know it could come to you and it doesn't need to come as strong as mine did. And I think for those of you that are past that age, if you look back, you probably definitely had some sort of turning point in your life uh, during those years. So that's what we're talking about today. So again, if I am out of breath, I am so sorry. These two keep sitting up on my lungs, (laughs) but they need to stay in there for... uh, for a longer period of time, so ignore my lack of breath here. Um, I promise you it's the twins (laughs) causing me some heartache, but already, right? I haven't even had them, and they're causing me heartache. But my quarter-life crisis was definitely my hardest year of life, guys. Like, I had, I mean, what one would call depression, weight gain. I was miserable. I hated what I did. I hated what I did so much I mentally made myself feel sick, like I physically felt sick um, enough so that I wouldn't have to go into the office. Um, And I remember those days, and I remember saying, how is it that I, and I, I knew I was making myself sick because on the days that I didn't have to go in, I felt fine, and then all of a sudden, right before having to go in, I would not feel well. My stomach would hurt, or my head would hurt, whatever. And I was doing it to myself. And so at the age of 25, though, from an outsider's perspective, they would have told you I was killing it, especially in my company. Um, I had six figures in the bank. I saved. My office was number one in the nation. I was, quote unquote, living the life on an island. I traveled three to four times every month um, to different places. A lot of those vacations (laughs) and a lot of those were also for work. I mean, half and half. And you know, again, from the outside perspective, most people looked at it and were probably like, this girl is, is really living the dream. But internally, I was having a really tough time with everything. And one of my friends had told me to go see a psychiatrist. And I was like, pretty against it at first. And then I, I went and I was like, you know, what could it hurt to talk to someone? And so I did. And then she wanted me to take meds. And I was not into that. I was like, if there's something wrong with me, and I know that there's something wrong with me, and I'm aware enough to know that there's something wrong, then I should be able to help myself throughout this process. So that's what I wanted to do. And again, I'm very aware, I feel like, of myself. And some people I know are more aware than others. And so it's not anything bad when it comes to medication. I just felt like I wanted to give myself the proper opportunity to 
kind of get myself out of it before I tried something else. And so I knew at that point how I was feeling and I knew that I didn't want to feel like this anymore. So I knew I wanted to turn my life around and I knew that for me, my mentality is key. And so I had already been going back and forth with myself as to what I wanted to do. And I had this thought of going to, and you might have heard of him before, Tony Robbins conferences. He has his first conference called Unleashing the Power Within. And a bunch of people from my company at the time had gone and had talked great things about it. And I had heard so much about it. And I was like, you know what? Why don't I just go see what all of this is about? I'm not very into the rah-rah cheerleading kind of thing that I had heard about Tony Robbins, but I was willing to give a lot of things a chance, especially during this time, considering how I was feeling. And I knew that this was definitely something for me. I didn't really know too much about Tony Robbins prior to going. I knew what he was, I knew what he did, but I had never read any of his books, seen any of his videos or anything like that. So I was in for a surprise. For those of you who have been to UPW, uh, and that's what it is for short, Unleashing the Power Within, then you you know that it is actually very much a rah-rah, uh, lots of hugging, lots of energy. Just, I mean, this man, it goes 100 miles a minute every minute for three days straight. I mean, it, four days straight because UPW is four days. It is intense. I just don't even understand how he does it. And then on day one of Unleashing the Power Within, you actually walk on fire. Yes, you heard me right. You walk on burning coals, um, really, really, really high. You see them. They're, they're burning coals. They're right in front of you. And you walk probably like a good five, six feet on these burning coals. And he teaches you how to mentally overcome the fact that that is hot and that you can walk barefoot over these hot coals. And I did it. And I wasn't the only one who did it. Almost everyone, I'm pretty sure, from that conference did it. Uh, I have a firewalker buddy. I still talk to her. She's awesome. We coached ourselves through it. Um, and let me tell you, it was, it was definitely quite an experience. And obviously part of that first um, program that he has is where they sell you on the rest of the programs <laughs> that he has. And I remember sitting there, you know, it's probably one of the last few days or, or whatnots when they're going through these next courses. I remember sitting there and saying, you know what? This has helped me so much already. I don't see why I wouldn't do it. And so I had said it to the manager that was on top of me. I'd let go, was above me at that moment. And he was like, why would you spend the money on that? You know, and I was, I remember looking at him and saying, because I feel like I need it. And if I feel like I need it personally, then why wouldn't I do it? And again, I was getting coached from different directions as to not spend that kind of money but the reality is, is that I had it. And if that's what I wanted to do, I was going to do it anyways. And so I did. I signed up and I remember my manager looked at me and he was like, you really did it? And I was like, yeah. And I paid that much for it. Yes, I did. <laughs> I paid all of those dollars for it. Um, and I'm so, so, so glad I did. Um, one of his longer programs is called Date with Destiny. And to this day, I will tell you, it was the absolute best program or best anything that I have ever done, read, been through. Um, it was incredible. It really, really was. And a lot of it has to do with, again, your date with destiny, shaping what is going to be your future. And a lot of it is very relationship oriented, which I feel like I really needed because I needed to define what I wanted in a spouse 
okay? Everything that I had ever dated before is nothing like what I ended up marrying. (laughs) And I feel like that happens to a lot of us. So I was in the relationships where I would date what we would, um, back in the day when I was in karate uh, and taekwondo, my master used to say to us, you're either strong or smart. Um, And so if you're smart, then you're not necessarily strong because you don't get in that much trouble. So you didn't have to do that many push-ups or whatnot. And if you were strong, then you obviously were not smart because you had to do all of those push-ups. That's how he correlated it. So I would date the strong ones <laughs> for looks, for whatever. He'd call me vain. Hey, it is what it is. You know, you're young. <laughs> so I would date all the strong ones, not the smart ones. And, you know, I had, by dating the strong ones that weren't smart, I was able to really kind of almost run the relationship better said, you know, but I knew that what I wanted to marry was not a relationship that I would mandate everything and that I would call the shots, but a relationship that was more of a partnership or a little bit more even into the traditional sense, the female and male roles. And that's what I wanted. And again, I think when it comes to finding what you want in life, may it be in this case a relationship, you have to be very clear with these goals. And so I wanted more of that traditional relationship, which is not what I had. I wanted someone who was smart, not strong. I wanted someone who was a hard worker, who was loyal, a family man, a good that came from a good family, had the same values and morals as me, spiritually was on the same page as me. Someone who was not intimidated by me, which was actually very hard because I had done so much in my life at that age that I felt like a lot of guys were very intimidated by that. And it was difficult, um, I felt like, in the dating world because I kept telling myself, I'm like, well, they're just intimidated by me, by what I've done, by my accomplishments, by, you know, how much money I've made and all these different kinds of things. But at the end of the day, I wanted someone who was also going to push me. They didn't have to do what I had done but someone who just who understood me, who would push me, and who was going to be there for me. And I, I, I really wanted someone, hopefully, and I was hoping, older than me as well, that I could, you know, just kind of be up par with. Because we all, we all know that men tend to be a little bit uh, slower than we are, right, ladies? But besides for that. <laughs> so just that conference really helped me define what I wanted in a man you know, and what I wanted in my spouse and my forever spouse, right? So with that program and all the programs that I had bought also came a life coach, right? And I can't remember how many sessions it was with the life coach. And with my life coach, I walked through, well, she basically, what she did was hold me accountable to what I wanted. Because it's very easy that once you leave these conferences, you don't really put too much of it into practice. And so my life coach really kind of helped me keep myself like keep myself accountable to what I had wanted. And at this point in time, um, by the time I did date with Destiny, I had already moved back to Miami. So I did the unleashing power within the first one while I was still living in Puerto Rico. And then I had moved back to Miami after not being here for almost five years. And I realized I didn't have as many friends and the same connections as I had before because, again, it had been five years. Everyone had kind of, their lives had moved on and changed. 
And so my life coach was like, well, you need to hang out. You need to go out. You need to go do things with people. And I was like, yeah, but like, I don't know. My friends are, it's different. Like it's a different kind of life right now. You know, like they're living a different life. I'm living a different life. And just things weren't matching up. And she was like, well, why don't you do online dating? And I, (laughs) guys, online dating, I was like, really, do I have to do that? And I'm sure some of you might feel the same way, although it's so much more acceptable now than it was back then. Um, Even though I had already heard of so many people meeting on online dating, (laughs) but it's so much more acceptable. So yes, I met my husband through online dating. It's not what I thought was going to happen ever in my life. And even still to this day, sometimes when we look at each other, we realize, how did we not meet before, right? And how did we meet on online dating? Like, it just feels like we should have met naturally, organically. And we didn't, but it's okay because God has different intentions for different people. And so we met through this dating app called Coffee Meets Bagel. If you've ever watched Shark Tank, um, which is one of our favorite shows, (laughs) happens to be, um, that's where I had heard about it originally. And it's actually where he had heard about it as well. He's obsessed with Shark Tank, my husband, David. And my friend, or my old, uh, not my friend, he's my friend now, but my manager at the time, he had told me about how he had met his current girlfriend on Coffee Meets Bagel, which is also now his wife. Um, So it's really funny. And I helped them get married. So Jeff and Heidi, shout out to you guys in Coffee Meets Bagel. So he told me about that. I had seen it on Shark Tank and I was like, when my life coach brought up online dating, I was like, well, I'm not getting on any of these ratchet online dating sites. I just want to point out, I want to get on something that's very fino, as we like to call it in Spanish, very high end. So <laughs> I don't think there's a dating site that's high end unless you pay for it. But this is Coffee Meets Bagel. <laughs> wasn't we did not, I did not pay for it. But it was good because it wasn't overwhelming. It gave you one match a day. And so again, if you matched, great. And if you didn't, fine. You had to wait till the next day at noon to get your next match, you know? So again, wasn't overwhelming in any sense. Um, So I was probably on there for about two months before I met my husband. And during those two months, I talked, obviously, I don't even know how many people, how many gentlemen it was, but spoke to a couple different guys, of course, you know, as you match up with them and whatnot. And I used to play a game with them called 20 Questions. That was my way to get to know them. But the way I would play 20 questions was if it was my turn to ask a question, then you had to answer first, but I also had to answer. So if I asked a question, I wasn't avoiding answering. I was just listening to your answer first. (laughs) So that's how I would play. I would ask a question first. They would answer. Then I would answer. Then it was their turn to ask a question. And then I would have to answer and then they would. So it's really like 40 questions, but at no point in time are you avoiding any questions. And you can't ask a question and not answer it. So again, you're not avoiding, you're not playing any games. It's a game, but it wasn't a game. (laughs) And I did it on purpose because I really wanted to try to not waste time. That was my thought process. (laughs) And so I went on a lot of first bad first dates. I'm not going to lie. Not a lot, to be honest, because again, I would filter through in my 20, 20 questions. I probably went on four or five really bad first dates. And I don't even know how like it happened because again, my, my game was pretty flawless, my 20 questions, but it happened. And there were some were like, by the time I met him, like he was, he had just, he was like, I moved back home. I don't have a job. I have no direction in life. And I guess it wasn't so much the moving back home and the not having a job. It was having no direction in life. Like how I couldn't see myself being with someone who had no 
direction, you know? Not that I had much either. You know, I had just started EBJ at the time. I wasn't really making that much money or anything like that. I wasn't successful at that time, one would say. And so, but I had direction and I had drive and I, and I had vision as to what I wanted. And I think that's what I was looking for too. I was just looking for someone who had that because it's not like I was looking for someone who had it already. I was willing to build something with someone and that's really what I wanted. And so ah, these were some bad first dates, guys. And I remember, I mean, I offered to pay and all of them and I did, you know, I was not waiting. I did not want anybody to pay for me. I did not want any of that kind of thing. I didn't want them to think that I was going on a date with them so they could pay. Like I just wasn't. So I would pay. And guys, I remember this one guy, <laughs> he shows up and he must have done, you know, he must have totally filtered through his photos. I'm so sorry. He looked so much one way in the picture. I remember just putting the picture right next to his face and I was saying like, this doesn't look like you. He goes, yeah, I mean, I've had them altered. And I'm like, altered a lot. And he didn't catfish because it was still, this, it, you could tell it was still him, but it was just not him. <laughs> this is what people do on those things. Uh, it was so bad. And I remember coming back from every bad first date, which again was not many, but every time I would tell my life coach, she was like, you need to stay in it. You need to stay in it. And she would make me because every time I had a bad date, trust me, I wanted to get off. I was like, this is terrible. I don't want to do online dating. And she was like, it'll be fine. You're just there to meet people. So that's fine. So that's what we did. So then I got a message one day on coffee meets bagel. You would get these little bagels I'm sorry, these little bagels, these coffee beans. And that was like your quote unquote money, right? But every day, and it was free. You didn't, I mean, well, I guess you could buy the coffee beans, but I never did. I don't know if my husband did. He still won't admit to me if he did or didn't. But every day that you responded to your match, you would get, I don't remember how many coffee beans. And of course, you're adding them up and whatnot every day. And then on some days, if you were lucky, the site would give you like an extra... I don't know, I can't want to say it was five matches that you could buy with your little coffee beans if you had enough to buy a profile. And so one day I got a message that said, this person likes you. And I open up the profile and they give you a basic profile of the person who quote unquote bought your profile with their coffee beans. <laughs> and you see a very, very like light profile of theirs. You don't see the same profile you would see on a daily match. So it's very light. I could see his pictures and like, I don't know, three or four facts about him, nothing major. And again, it has really big on like one of the corners, like he likes you. And I look at it and I remember looking at the first picture and being like, eh, you know, like maybe. <laughs> again, vain, I know. <laughs> I scroll through all his pictures and I'm like, eh, I guess, I mean, I really but kind of, maybe, he's heard this story before, so this is not a shocker to him, and then I see his last picture, and he's all dressed up in a suit, and I'm like, okay, this gives me some sort of hope, I'm not sure why it did, but it did, and you know, guys are not really good at taking pictures, let's just start with that, this, this picture was not taken of him, there was like, he loves soccer, so one of his pictures was like a selfie, the other one was like, him holding some sort of trophy from like a soccer thing, which when he hears this, he's going to be upset because I think it was like some sort of World Cup trophy of some God knows what from some World Cup that he went to. 
of some country that he loves. You know, I don't know. But there was that. And then I remember seeing this one of him in a suit and just it, somebody had taken it of him and it wasn't very posed or anything. It was just a normal picture. And I remember looking at it and saying, wow, like, okay, this is, this is, this photo gives me hope. So I click back the yes that I like him too. And we start chatting guys. And this was on a Monday, I want to say, if I remember correctly. And we did non-stop texting all these days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It was Non-stop. I remember like asking him, and again, I played the 20 questions game with him because I played with everybody. And I remember asking him like, don't you work? <laughs> like, how do you have time to text me all day? And he's like, yeah, of course I'm working. He's like, I have a business partner though. His name's Cleaver. He'll be fine. And I was like, Cleaver? That's such an odd name. Sorry, Cleaver. Shout out to you. You know, I love you. But, um, yeah, so like we're talking nonstop and I'm just like, okay, well, this is weird. And again, I had only ever done first dates with any of these guys, okay, that I had dated before through online dating. So Wednesday comes about, we texted again, all of Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday comes, he's like, hey, so are we going to meet up? And I'm like, all right, fine, let's meet up. He's like, all right, cool, when can you? And I'm like, and again, this is all through text. Okay. Had not heard him yet. This is on Wednesday. Um, <laughs> and I was like, um, well, I'm open Thursday and Friday and then Saturday and Sunday I have plans with my friends. Sorry. And we were going out on Saturday and then we were going to the beach on Sunday. So I already had plans. And he's like, all right, cool. Well, let's do Thursday and Friday. And again, I already told you, I did not go on second dates with any of these guys. So when I have this one guy telling me, let's schedule two dates at one time, when I haven't even met you or heard you on the phone, I was like, uh, X nay on that. And my literal response to him was, I think we should see how Thursday goes first. <laughs> and his response was like, it's going to go great. And if you know my husband, then you know that that's exactly what he would reply because that's his overconfident self. And so on Thursday, we talked on the phone for the first time, and I was so relieved that he did not have an accent. He was born here in the United States, just like myself, but I was still very afraid that he would have an accent. Um, he is a Colombian background, Colombian-Ecuadorian background, his parents. So I was scared he was going to have an accent, guys. I'm not going to lie, and I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it, but he doesn't. And so he passed that Thursday test before we even went on the date. And so it's Thursday and he's like, where do you want to go? And I'm like, uh, sushi, where else does one go? So we go to this really cool hip sushi place by my house called Raw. It has like a DJ and happy hour and it's a lot of fun. Um, and it's out there. So it's, you know, there's a bunch of people there. So obviously public places <laughs> is always what I wanted to meet at. And so we get there. It's our first date, guys. And I'm waiting. On I remember I had gone to karate right before. So we were meeting late because my karate classes were 730 to 830. So and he had soccer that day, too. Um, so he was working out. And so was I. I remember going home and rushing to shower wash my hair, do my hair, do my makeup, get dressed, and get over to this date. I think we had said 
I would hope 9.30 because I can't even imagine myself being ready by 9 if I finished class at 8.30. <laughs> so I remember just, I just parked and I was getting out of my car and I called him and I was like, hey, I'm here, where are you? He's like, oh, I'm pulling in. And I drove an Acura at the time, <laughs> um, a little cute Acura that I loved. Her name was Lady Athena, <laughs> yes, LA for short. And I see this other Acura pulling in when he says like, oh, I'm on my way or I'm almost there. And I'm like, oh, cool, you drive an Acura? And he's like, no. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, that's just what pulled in now. And then right behind the Acura pulls in this super beat-up Ford Explorer. When I say beat-up, guys, I mean, like, I am not exaggerating. I could hear it from a mile away from how much it squeaked and made noises. And I was like, okay, we're not going to be vain, Jessica. We're just going to take it for what it is. <laughs> He parks, he gets out. And mind you, I was already, I don't want to say into him, but I was relatively into him. Like we talked again nonstop all of these days and I knew that there was definitely a connection there. <laughs> so I was like, all right, we're going to ignore the car. It's not like I have a great car anyways, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but that's what happened. And then um, we pull out, he comes out of the car and he is wearing um, these nice shorts, but still shorts, um, soccer jersey. A nice soccer jersey, but again, still a soccer jersey. And flip-flops, my friends. Yes, you heard it right, flip-flops. And again, if you know, as a girl, we always dress up. I always dress up. I had gone all out. I had done my hair. I had done my makeup. I had put on a cute top. I had, was wearing jeans, but I was also wearing heels. Okay, I was wearing heels, all right? And he was wearing flip-flops, okay? I think I was too stunned to say anything to him at that time. I have to ask him. I highly doubt I did. I do say this story a lot because the reality is flip-flops, guys. Really? Flip-flops? Um, since then, we have upgraded his whole entire attire. So just as a disclaimer, I just want to point out all of his attire has officially been changed by myself and his. he now knows how to dress. So that has all been updated. Thank God. But anyways, <laughs> we have a great time. It was happy hour at Raw, so we stay there until they close, until probably like 1 in the morning. It was I didn't even realize it was 1 until we looked around and we were both like, oh my God, they're closing. Um, so we really had a really great time. Enough where I agreed on a second date to the next day, and he was very excited about that. And the second day, we went somewhere a little bit nicer. He actually got dressed up. He wore a long sleeve button down with actually nice pants, you know, nice dress shoes, and I was dressed up, I'm sure, in a dress of heels and some sort of thing like that. It's Friday night, so we had a really great time. And then he was like, well, I want to see you tomorrow. And I was like, well, I already told you I have plans tomorrow. I'm going out with my friends. We're going out to the club. We're going out dancing. And he was like, oh, okay, all right. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, all right, I've already seen you two days in a row, dude. All right, got to give it a break now. So we're out that Saturday night, and I'm talking about him to someone in my group, my friend group, and he's texting me, and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, like, I'm here, papa. I didn't hide from him where I was, but I didn't realize he lived 10 minutes away. He's like, oh, I live right there, and I'm like, oh, yeah, and mind you, this was after a few drinks. I'm like, haha, yeah, oh, you can just pass by, which I should never have said, but I did, and he was like, sure, yeah, of course. <laughs> he comes and comes and hangs out and meets all my friends, and I was just like, oh my God, like I just kind of sort of met you. It hasn't even been a week yet, but he hangs out with all my friends. We have a great time. I'm not even going to lie. 
And then the following day on Sunday, we go to the beach and we do not hang out. That was the only day we did not see each other probably for weeks after that, which was super nice. On Monday, we went out. And I will tell you guys that when you know, you know. I know people say that. But, like, you just know. Um, and I can't even put that feeling in any other kind of description for you guys. But you just kind of know. And and I knew that it wasn't going to be perfect. And I knew that it was going to be work. But um, I just knew. And I know he did, too, because we talk about it all the time. And, you know, we're, we're two alphas. You know, I'm an alpha in my workspace. He's an alpha in his. And I had to learn how to really stay feminine, you know, throughout throughout his masculine energy and let him take charge of certain things and we it's not like we don't argue guys we argue all the time I mean you know that's just what it is especially because we're two strong people but learning you know how to give and take throughout the process and and really making our relationship work because at the end of the day you have to get what you want out of life just because this is what I wanted doesn't mean it's what you want you have to manifest what you want. And I'm going to talk about that in these upcoming episodes, which is why I'm telling you the story even to begin with. And, you know, as a woman, we can have our cake and eat it too. Like we can do this, but you need to figure out and become clear with what you're manifesting into your life. Because the way your life is now is what you've manifested. Like that's what you've brought into your life. I sit around and I look at my life and I'm like, this is what I wanted. This is what I have always thought and dreamed about. And the only way I was able to do that is by having that clear vision and manifesting it towards me. And so again, we'll talk about that. But (laughs) our first trip (laughs) is a funny story. We went to Colorado and he had to go in for work. I remember and he's like, you can come. I have downtime. We'll stay a few extra days. It'll be fun. And I was like, all right, cool. No problem. Let's go. I'm all about traveling. So was he. (laughs) I found out. And so We go to Colorado and we're waiting for our flight and it was one of those weeks where it was really bad snow all over the country. We had gone, I want to say we went somewhere between, no, we went for New Year's. That was our first New Year's together. Yeah. So we went a few days before New Year's and we stayed there through the New Year and um, it was again, really bad snow. And he, he, again, me here thinking he really had to be there for work, which he did, but um, they were looking for volunteers to get off the flight to help some families. Um, go home because there were a bunch of families that had to get home. And he goes, I'm going to go ahead and see what I can do. And I'm like, see what you can do about what? I had never in my life volunteered to not be on a flight. Like I was always one of those people. I'm like, you can offer me the world, but I'm not going. I want to get to wherever I want to get to. I want to get home. That's just what it is. But he's not. He's one of these people that'll fly by the seat of his pants. So he negotiates, which I didn't even think was possible. My husband's a negotiator, if you know anything about him. He negotiates with the flight, att- with the flight attendant or the person who's doing this um, to give us, I, it was $500 a person. Yes, that's what the price was, exactly. He, he negotiates, he gives up our seats, and we get $500 of credit, of flight credit with American Airlines, to give up our seats and go I think it was like a few hours later, like we still got there on the same day that we were supposed to get there. How my husband does all these crazy things, I don't know. But if you know him, then you know that this is just what he does. He gets things done. And that's one of the things I love about him that I never really have to worry, you know? And so that's, it's really great. But at that moment, again, this is my first trip with him. My dad calls me. He's like, you guys are leaving, right? And I was like, well, I think David gave up our seats. And he's like, he did what? 
was not a very good impression that my father had on my husband at the time. But <laughs> we got $500 per person, and he looks at me. He, as he's getting this and doing this, he looks at me. He goes, didn't you want to go to Greece? And, like, my heart melted, and I was like, yeah. And he's like, with this money now, we can't. We can get the flights probably, obviously, at a reduced rate of $500 each. And I was like, okay, yeah, we're going to Greece, baby. And that's exactly what we did. That was December, January. And by March, we were in Greece. Um, we got to spend two weeks out there. We had a blast. We had only been together like six months at that time. <laughs> um, but we had so much fun, so much, so much fun. We planned a really great trip. Uh, we got engaged December of 2016 and bought our home, our first town home together, January 2017. And we were super excited. We bought pre-construction, so we had to wait <laughs> for it to get done. Um, and my lease was actually up before the house was done. So I had to move in with him and our dog. Well, our dog now, but she was my dog. Uh, Cosita Linda is her name. So I moved in with him and the dog to his tiny 600-square-foot apartment on the water, which was beautiful, but it was 600 feet, guys, and we both worked from home. So you can only imagine how that went, well, or how I thought it was going to go. It actually went really well. <laughs> we did not kill each other. We're still here, and we found that we could live together in 600 square feet. Luckily, now we don't have to do that anymore. But I moved in with him and the dog April 2017, and um, we moved into our new home when his lease was done, um, about two months after that in June 2017. And we married a few months after that, March 2018, which was uh, just really great. And it was so nice. It is crazy to move and plan your wedding at the same time. I tell my couples all the time not to do that. But guess who did it? The wedding planner herself. But hey, it is what it is. We brought our new house, actually, a couple months back, March 2020. And we are now expecting our kids to be due June 2020, maybe May 2020. <laughs> so um, it was crazy also to move and have and be pregnant with twins. So um, we don't do anything conventional around here. We do things pretty crazy. That's how my husband likes to keep it. Um, <laughs> nice and fun. And I live my life very, I don't want to say completely planned, but kind of planned. And he lives his life completely opposite. So that's kind of how that works. But we've worked hard. We've saved a lot. We've made money moves, as we like to call it. And we continue to work really hard. And, you know, I said this in our vows, um, you know, and we, talk, we talked about it all the time and we still do. Marriage, in our opinion, is really a choice. Um, you know, we talk about how we really walked into love together with our eyes wide open and choosing to take every step with each other. And, and, I, and I firmly believe that from my vows to every day in life, like love, marriage is a choice and love is a choice you know, and, and you can feel something, but not every day will you be feeling that high of love. And it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, whoever you chose to spend your life with, that, that is a choice, you know. And so that's what um, we always talk about and we love. And even though he drives me insane and he's probably the most frustrating man on the planet most days, I love him. I'm not sure how or why sometimes. No, I'm kidding. I do know. Um, and, you know, I'm so glad that we met. And I'm uh, online dating or not, here we are. And here come our two babies and our family and just everything we've been able to do together. So I am super proud of us. I know he is too. And guys, first comes love, and then comes marriage. Thank you. 
Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I cannot wait to chat with you guys soon. So make sure if you haven't already, subscribe to our next episode and follow my craziness on Instagram at ebjevents and at canal.twins. I promise you, something's always happening.